And why not head over to our social media accounts? We're at Space and Things. <laughs> Wrong podcast. This whiskey is strong. In episode 113, we welcome back Matt Mackay to the podcast. We talk Bimba, the Dramble blog, and his brand new role at a distillery which is still being built, the Dumbfell Distillery. Absolutely. And we thought this was the perfect opportunity to taste the Bimba Club second edition. Single malt London whiskey finished in vino de naranja casks. That's orange wine to you and me. And why not head over to our social media accounts at Whiskey and Things Podcast on Instagram and at Whiskey and Things on Facebook and Twitter. And why not help us out? Give us a rating, a reviewing, and a damn good subscribing on your favourite podcast platform. You're listening to Whiskey and Things with Nick Kent and Dave Giles. Welcome to episode 113. I'm Dave Giles. And I'm Nick Kent. Welcome, everyone. How you doing, buddy? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad. Not too bad at all. Good. Should we just get straight into this? Yeah. Why not? All right. right. We've got a guest, everyone. Yay. Everyone likes a guest. When was the last time we had a guest? Was it when we were at Abbey Road? No. We were at East London Liquor Company. Oh, yeah. But okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's our first Zoom guest for a while. Yes. It really is, isn't it? Of the year. Uh, Since Abbey Road. Oh, no. Yeah. They were all in person. Because they're in person. Yes, it was. Wow, it's May. <laughs> Could it be May? Crazy. Yeah. Well, cut Crazy. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, yeah, we've got Matt Mackay joining us. Uh, you, you may remember him. He's been on before, way yes. back in episode 27, which was September 2020. Mm. It doesn't seem that long ago, does it, Nick? What a time that was. Yeah. That was our first distillery visit when we went to Bimba in West yeah. London. Walkable from your house. Even Absolutely. Though we, even though we drove. For some yeah. reason, we walked back though. <laughs> we walked back. <laughs> Absolutely, we did. Matt is the director of marketing and communications at Bimba. He's also co-creator and writer at thedramble.com. and also now he's got a new position as director of whiskey creation and outreach at the Dumfail Distillery, uh, which is still being built. Everyone, so yeah, we're going to touch right. on all this stuff and and much much more in this little uh, interview we've just finished. It was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Absolutely. Run What's tape, on? mate. Roll the tape. Roll the tape. So just go for it. Yeah. Hang on. Uh, where's the button? Where's the where's button? The, where's the button? <laughs> Matt, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, guys. When we spoke to you before, uh, we were sitting at the bar at Bimba, and we were learning all yep. about that distillery, where you are director of marketing and communications. But foolishly, we didn't talk much about you. So uh, let's get started with this. What is your whiskey origin story? How did you come to love the spirit and how did you end up working in the industry? Uh, it's great to be here with you again, guys. Um, interesting question. Um, my whiskey story starts about 25 years ago. Um, I was working all over the world on events and exhibitions. And back then, you could get on a plane and it didn't matter where you were going. They always offered you a drink. Nowadays, you've got to pay for it. Um, <laughs> but for, for ages, I was drinking gin and tonics. You know, what do you want to drink? I'll have a gin and tonic. And I was getting a bit bored of it. You know, it's nothing particular special on the plane. And, and one day I was sat, sat in a row and uh, the guy next to me, they asked him, what do you want for a drink? And he said, I'll have a whiskey ginger. And being young and impressionable and not being able to think of things, I just said, I'll have one as well. So I had this whiskey ginger, 
And I quite liked it. And so when I got back from that trip, I thought, I wonder what the whiskey tastes like on its own. There. No, I didn't like it at all. <laughs> but it sparked something. And I thought, well, what was it in that whiskey ginger? Nothing special, bottom shelf. But what was it that I liked? Um, and then I moved into trying things at my local supermarket. And the one that, that where it really clicked was was old Pulteney 12-year-old. Um, I really mineral, salty, highland dram. And again, initially I tried it. I didn't like it. And I thought, God, I've got a whole bottle of this to get through. But by the time I got halfway down, got into it. And, and it just sort of inspired me. Like, I have to try more. What is it about whiskey? And then you start to try, you know, a few, and you're like, God, they're all different. Um, and, yeah, it just sparked uh, uh, the rest of my life just spending far too much time exploring uh, the wonderful world of whiskey. So you kind of forced yourself to like it because you had a full bottle. I didn't force myself to <laughs> like it, but I forced myself to, to drink through it, you know. Yeah, it's like you're a kid. You don't really like beer much, but you're like... Yeah, oh, beer's gonna, a good gonna... one. No no teenager goes, oh, here's my first beer. I love it. You know, you've got to... <laughs> your palate's not used to this sort of thing. That's a really good point as well. I suppose with with, with a spirit as well, you've got to get used to the uh, the alcohol, the, the the strength of the alcohol as well, and the burn as, as well as the flavour. It's a whole other thing to have to, uh, to yeah, get used no, to. Yeah, no, absolutely, Dave. I mean, I get people coming around uh, my bar at home and they're like, oh, oh you're the whiskey guy. Um, I'm not really into whiskey. And I said, well, do you like spirits? And, and if they say yes, you know, they like drinking spirits, I, I, I'm pretty much assured I'll find a whiskey that they'll they'll be comfortable with. But if someone says, no, I, d- I don't like spirits at all, oh, you're really up against it. Um, and yeah. it's absolutely fine, you know. We, we all like different things. But yeah, if your palate is not tuned to at least 40%. Yeah, it's going to be a tough challenge. Uh, it, t- it takes a while to, yeah, get into it, to train yourself. And, uh, you know, that's even before you sort of start to go nutty and, and, and then become obsessive by it. All right, I, I, this, is, this is causing me to have a little digression here. So if, if someone says that to you and they're like, but I really want to get into it, what, what do you think is the best way into that? Like, would it be a standard whiskey soda or would it be something like whiskey ginger and then just reduce the amount of the, the extra in it? I mean, a whiskey soda makes more sense because it probably does less to the whiskey than the ginger does, but right? But do you have a particular course or, or way of remedying someone not particularly liking spirits but wanting to? Um, it's interesting. I mean, the first thing I'd say to them, uh, if they're coming to me like that, you know, I really want to like like spirits, but I don't, is, well, why do you really want to like them then? Um <laughs> You know, so I'm going to ask the question. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I'm not an alchemist in that sense. I can't make people like something that they don't. All I can do is open their eyes to the options out there. Um, I mean, my go-to would be to tell them that story I just told you, boys, that that's yeah. how I got into it. Um, and I would definitely start with a whiskey ginger. It's a drink I still I still enjoy today. Um, but it depends on their palate. You know, even if you take the whiskey out of the equa- equation, the difference between soda, you know, fairly neutral, and ginger little bit of spice, sweetness. Again, that, that's different. So, you know, no matter what walk of life you're from, um, you're going to have a different appreciation for everything. And you've just got to, um, as someone wanting to educate and bring people into spirits and whiskey, it's got to be patient um, and accept that sometimes you're going to get defeated. And no matter <laughs> how many things you've got, try this, what do you think of that? What do you think of that? Sometimes people will just go, nah, mate, and it yeah. can't be done, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. What's your go-to in a bar? Oh, depends on the type of bar. Um, when I'm off duty, um, I have two different types of go-tos. One would be um, craft beer, all sorts of wacky, crazy things, sometimes at ABVs that are quite scary for beer. Uh, my other <laughs> go-to is mezcal. 
Uh, those oh, are those nice. the things that I'm drinking. Drinking when I'm disengaging the mind, not necessarily thinking about it, just drinking for my own enjoyment. See, mezcal, I need to try some. I haven't tried it. Billy Abbott was going on about mezcal should. as well. Just haven't got around to it. Yeah. You know, that's something you could be a whole other podcast, mate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there we go. Mezcal and things. Yeah, that'd be on a Thursday. I did a Twitter tasting with some friends, and uh, one of them had tried one mezcal, and the other one had tried none. And so I posted them out five completely different ones, labeled them up blind. A to nice. E, and then we did it online. And yeah, um, I opened their minds to A, spirits that haven't been in the cask. You know, these are all just spirit. They all look the same. They're all completely clear. But B, how broad, again, another category of spirit can be. Completely different flavors from sweetness to vegetalness to minerality to smoke to spice. Um, and yeah, I, I, I always, A, I love doing that. And B, I love it when someone does that to me and introduces me to a new type of alcohol that, I'm less experienced there, and my mind goes, ooh, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant feeling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Whiskey! So you talk about the Dramble, your blog. Oh, sure, you can Tell do. us a bit, bit more yeah. about that, the history, and, uh, yeah, what people can expect if they log on. So the Dramble.com started um, out of the whiskey club that I run with my friends um, at my house bar, um, and that was just called Dramble. Um, nice. So people get confused, you know, Dramble is the whiskey club, the Dramble is the website. And ah. effectively, that's been running now for nearly a decade, that whiskey club. And one day, someone just said to me, right, Matt, you know, you write for a living, you work, you work in communications. Um, why don't you write about whiskey? And I sort of paused and said, well, even if I did, you know, I'm not a web developer. I can't, can't build a website. And then uh, a good friend of one of my members, Danny, um, he said, Hello, I, I, I'm a web developer, and, and, and if you do the writing, then I'll build it. Yeah, and so that's what happened. Nice. Um, so we built a website. Uh, he built it from the ground up. Um, it's not built on WordPress or, or anything like that. He literally built it, so it's got quite, I think it's still got quite a nice, unique feel because it mm. hasn't got the same template that everyone else is using. Started off, um, like many sites, a little bit gingerly. Here's a whiskey. Here's some thoughts on it. Thank you very much. And then I grew in confidence and started thinking, right, well, I can write about, anyone can do a tasting though, and they're all different and unique. Some are better than others. Some are longer than others. I wanted to do more than that. And so I started to write about whiskey and that means things outside the bottle as well as in. So a lot of my musings uh, or dramblings, as I like to call them, <laughs> are focusing on things outside the bottle, things like behavior, perception um the industry um grains um production methods marketing um because i just didn't think there was that much about of, of those type of musings there used to be quite a few sites uh, one of my favorite defunct ones was scotchwhiskey.com um that was a sort of proper journalistic side uh people like dave broom uh becky paskin used to write for that and it was great because yeah there was a lot of talk about what's in your glass what, what's that all about? But there was equally as much talk around well, what, what's going on with history, culture, um, perceptions of whiskey. And then when that died, um, I certainly felt the loss of it. Um, and there are a few sites who dig deeper uh, into the wider world of whiskey, um, but there are not many of them. Uh, and so, yeah, I think I feel a bit of a niche for that, for people who, you know, you're not going to come to my website if you're just looking for a quick dram or you're brand new to whiskey. Um, it's fairly in-depth when I get round to it. 
Equally, um, as I have become more and more involved in the industry, the amount of, I wrote about this a few weeks ago, the amount of whiskey headspace that I have, and that's a combination of time and equal, the brain capacity for whiskey is diminished. So I, I'm writing at the minute uh, roughly twice a week, whereas when I started, it was a lot shorter and it was just pretty much every day, you know. Um, but yeah, I can do a tasting note in about five minutes, but all the stuff that sits on the top, the meat of it, um, that's going to be sort of four to 10 hours of, of research, writing, rewriting, and rewriting. Um, but I still love to do it. I still love to, to have a voice. Um, and yeah, for people to think about whiskey in a more holistic sense in terms of it's not just about a tasting note and a score. You know, there's a lot more you can say about whiskey. A lot of people have moved over, <coughs> excuse me, to YouTube. Um, and I get that. It's, uh, it's a very digestible format and my writing is a lot harder to digest, particularly if I go off on one and I end up, I look at it and go, Christ, I've, I've written a thousand words. Here. I need, I need to edit this down. Um, but we still do pretty good. Um, you know, in a good month, we'll get 21,000 unique viewers, um, which is certainly not nothing. Um, and yeah, I love, I love doing the site and it's pretty much the reason why I'm now working in the whiskey industry. Um, to come back to your earlier point, uh, way back when I was invited over to Bimba for, I hate the expression, um, an influencer night. Uh, I'm not an influencer <laughs> at all. I, I just write about whiskey. Uh, I drink and I know things. I was invited along there and we, were, we had a lovely evening. They introduced me to the distillery, which is the closest one to my home in Northwest London. And at the end of the night, I was chatting to them and they said, you know, we, we've heard of you. We like your website. Um, do you know anyone who works in marketing communications because um, we're coming up to launch our first whiskey and we have no capability. So I said, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know some people. Um, they said, okay, well, why don't we, we send you all the sort of the applications and the uh, proposals and you can help us wade through them. I said, yeah, sure. I'll have a look. So they sent them across to me and they were all very professional and none of them knew a single thing about whiskey whatsoever. <laughs> Not one thing. <laughs> So I spoke to my wife and thought about it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to put in for this. Got my day job. My day job for the past um, 20 years has been in engineering and biomedical research, publishing, PR, pretty, pretty heavy things. Wow. Quite yeah. technical. <laughs> um, but I was, I was already looking for something just to keep my brain going. So I said, sure, I'll, I'll do that. So we did, we did a piece of contract work and I helped them do the marketing and PR for Bimba the First. And they said, ah, oh, we like that. Um, do you want to do some more? So I said, yes. So then for the next nearly, yeah, three years, um, I effectively did two jobs concurrently. At one point it was almost three jobs because I was helping out, um, Dan Humphrey with, uh, Summerton Club for a bit, just sort of freelancing, you know, mixing it up. And then last year, uh, we announced our new distillery in Scotland, Dunfail. And at that point, uh, the guy said, look, you know, we like working with you. Um, we've got a good relationship. Um, now's the time to see if you want to come on full time. And at that point, yeah, uh, jumped at the chance. And then here I am. I mean, I've been working for Bimba, coming on for four years. But technically, I've only been employed full time in whiskey for two months. Congratulations with that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. congratulations. We'll get on to more to that in a moment. I do want to come back to, sure, sure. to, to the website because I yeah. just want to say that I love reading your posts because they aren't just whiskey reviews. And I think that more holistic approach that you've got 
really makes it more digestible than than just a whiskey review on YouTube in many ways. Although it's, it may be longer form, and it's on me to have to spend the time reading it rather than just letting it happen like you would do on YouTube. I find it really engaging. Uh, so whenever I see there's a new post, I do make sure I go and check it out, and I would encourage you, our listeners to do that. the same. Um, Thank um, you. Yeah, it, it really is something your, your site and and. Uh, that was when, when it was annoying because we met you because Nick and I are both fairly new to the whiskey world. You know, we started this podcast to try and learn more about it, and we obviously met you uh, at Bimba. I had no idea of of, of the Dramble or Dramble, your, your whiskey. We had no idea about any of that stuff. So then when I started following you and then seeing these posts come up, I was like, "Oh man, I wish we talked about that at the time because it's mm. the posts are so good." So um, yes, you. I'm glad glad we finally uh, got round to that. But yes, let's talk now about about the new distillery. So um, Dunfow Distillery. It's uh, it's in Speyside, yeah. And you're the director of whiskey creation and outreach. That's your your official job title, correct? That is, yeah. I got I got to pick my own job title. So if any nice. any of you of your listeners <laughs> think it's terrible, then then that's on me. Um, but I have to. In, in, in similar ways that I, I do a lot of things for Bimba, and I'm going to be a, doing a lot of things for Dunfell. And when I wrote them all out, I was like, I can't have that as my job title. It's 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 ridiculous. So I had to try and push them all into one to sort of summarize it. So yeah, that, that is my job title. So, so explain, it's a distillery which is being built. So explain, it's yeah. the same company as Bimba or the same overarching CEO or whatever you would say, but it's a, this is an, a brand new product in Scotland rather than in London, obviously doing its own thing with the spirit of Bimba or is it, or is it kind of a complete different headspace? Sure. So yeah, it, it, I, I like that you answer, asked me that Dave, because a lot of people are saying, oh, how's Bimba 2 coming along? And I'm like, oh, no, it's not Bimba 2. It really is a separate thing. So there are seven and a half of us, one part-timer, working for Bimba. At the minute, there's only two of us working for Dunfail, myself and our, our founder and owner, Darius. So it's it sort of brought from the people who brought you Bimba, but it isn't Bimba 2. It's a completely separate company. Um, to the point where, you know, those people who are members of Bimba uh, don't expect that you're automatically going to be a member of another distillery, unfortunately. But what I would say is it is very much built off the lessons of Bimba. Uh, and what I mean by that is up in Scotland, we're going to be running um, long fermentations using fermenters we've built ourselves, direct fires on the stills. Yeah, you've heard it all before. That's what we yeah. do in London. Uh, the USP for done fail, though, is that we are currently, I'm going to go up there tomorrow, I'll take some photos and share them on socials for people who want to see. We are currently building a two-story floor malting facility and kiln, where we're going to be processing all of the barley for the distillery on site ourselves. Wow. That is pretty unique. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a big deal. So... What's the time frame of this then? It, it, obviously, yeah. it's being the, the distillery's currently being built. Has it started? Has, has ground been broken? Or are we still a little way away from that? Oh, um, no, we've got good news on that. We broke ground at the end of last year. We are three months ahead of schedule. Wow. The outer building work, uh, that's what helps when you, when you build things yourself. Um, yeah. You don't have to pick up a phone call and say, can you come? Yes, we'll be four months. You know, we, mm. we're doing it ourselves. Um, the outer buildings and roofing are pretty much done. Warehouse one is up. The kiln and molting floor are being built right now. After that, then it's all the internals, um, electrics, plumbing, and then fitting the plant. Um, so the current schedule, is, as it's looking now, touch wood, don't want anything to go wrong, is that we'll have the 
the shop and sort of visitor center open um, over the summer. We'll have the stills and planting in the autumn, and we are still aiming to be commissioned and up and running with the first spirit flowing by the end of the year, creating a, a 12 month from start to finish, although there was a lot of work in terms of the planning and planning application and all that beforehand. But in terms of the build, start to finish, 12 months. Nice. Is there any plans to kind of uh, to help with costs, et cetera, release a gin in the meantime before the whiskey comes? Or No. So I will talk about that because it is interesting. So Bimba, um, yeah, all distilleries need something to cover the costs because um, they're ongoing, particularly for the first three years when you're laying down spirit. And unless you're going to sell new make, um, which you can't run a business off selling new make, really, mm. um, you need money. You need revenue for, op- for operational costs. At Bimba, we did some rum, we did some um, gin, we did some vodka. We are not doing that at Dunfail. What you're going to see, um, you're going to start to see some noises from me over the summer, um, hopefully looking to launch in September, is a new line of independent bottlings, um, curated by me, selected by me, bottled um, under a sort of new brand coming out of Dunfail. So effectively, what we're going to be doing before we have whiskey is we're going to be working with other suppliers and other distilleries to show off whiskies. Um, so if you like, people who read my website will absolutely know the type of whiskies I like. Um, I'll be picking a bit broader than that, but but nevertheless, it's a bit of a steer. But yeah, um, we're looking to bottle whiskies that I'm going to say for drinking. Um, and I'm going to say that out loud very clearly. Um, a lot of bottlers are coming along. They're bottling some amazing things. Um, but some of the expressions you're seeing and some of the prices, in my opinion, are really putting pressure on people who want to open them and saying, you know, right, here's a 300-pound bottle of whiskey. Are you going to open that? Yeah, absolutely. Some people will. <laughs> yeah. Some people will. A lot of people won't. Um, that's not to say that we're not going to be doing um, some pretty exciting higher-end whiskies. But, yeah, the, the business model very much is um, putting our money where our mouth is. We're always talking about how much we love whiskey. We want people to drink it. So you can expect to see uh, this new bottling operation when we bring things out, being being at, at a level where a drinker can go, yeah, that's great. Um, you know, it's not in some absolutely massive wooden presentation box. It's mm-hmm. about the juice inside. Uh, I, I'd like to get me some of that. So, yeah, I've been working mm-hmm. on that for quite a long time now. Um, even before I took the full-time job, it was part, part of the sort of the job at Dunfail is to uh, to manage and lead on this this new independent bottling arm that we're, we're currently working on. Hence the job title of Whiskey Creation, I guess, as well. That's where that, that bit part, comes into uh, part it, right? Of it. Um, yeah, I mean, my main role at Dunfail, uh, to, to give some sort of flesh the bones on that, uh, effectively, Darius is, he's the man when it comes to building distilleries and equipment. Um, Whilst I'm well aware of how to make whiskey, he is the engineer, he's the maestro. So he'll be effectively the guardian of the spirit from the very beginning, all the way through from selecting the grain, how we process it, how we ferment, how we distill, that the spirit profile. I I then step in to specify the wood that we're using to get that, to decide what we're filling, to then look after it, to monitor it, to assess it. And then when we get down the line, three years' time, then to start selecting casts and putting together the actual expressions and the releases that you're going to see from Dunfail. Uh, the plus outreach, basically, I am, I am by training marketing communications, um, and, and that's what that means, really. You know, I, I am the person that the distilleries stick out to talk to people. Very happy to do that. And so outreach is a catch-all for 
writing things, talking about things, talking to people, all, all the other good stuff. But yeah, I'm um, in a very privileged position. I've effectively got three years to get my act together because um, at that point then there's going to be some casts of whiskey that are uh, ready for, you know, moving out of the warehouse and getting into the hands of drinkers. So um, yeah, really privileged and delighted that I've been entrusted to to look at that and then coupling that with independent bottling and selecting things I think are good whiskey and I think people should get their chops around. Um, amazing. This nice. is so exciting. Can yeah. I ask another question about the independent bottling? Obviously, you said you've got the warehouse as well. So within the selecting other whiskies, will you also be doing some finishing at Dunfow or is that not going to be a thing that happens at this stage? Um, I'm going to say yes to that, but I'm going to say um, not straight away. Um, yeah. I think the way we're going to look at it or the way I'm going to look at it is to effectively start off by picking casks, which I think, yep, it's good to go. Um, but then don't forget, once you've emptied the cask, there's something left over, i.e. the cask. Mm. So the idea that I would have is, is effectively building up that um, stock of casks, um, particularly when we buy things that are a little bit more interesting, some sherries or some fortified wines, and then potentially where it's sympathetic, putting different whiskies back in and, and playing around with those. So the answer to it is going to be yes, um, but it's probably going to be a little way into launch before I do that because we need a stock of a stock of wood and actually you be, can become a little bit self-sufficient. Equally, and with the best will in the world, um, to get access to casks, sometimes you have to buy in a reasonable amount of bulk. You've got to buy more than you want. So in that sense, you might, you know, try some casks and go, right, I really like that one and that one. But unfortunately, the package you can get includes two others. And then you'll try one, you go, it's okay. And then you'll try another and you go, it's not okay. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's my name going to go out on this. And I'm not just going to release something knowing that it's not okay. And so at that point, there's the thing when you're, you're either going to um, combine casks, you know, of the same single malt, still a single malt at that point, just a wider batch. You're going to um, try and change the characteristics of that single malt or that blend by recasking it, or you're going to combine it with other things. Um, and I'm pretty open to all of those things because um, I think people who, who know my style um, will know that I am pretty open to any form of whiskey so long as it has the, the, the magic word of, of tastiness and balance. You know, that, that's what it's all about. So, yeah, you're definitely going to be seeing some of it but probably not straight out of the block in September. Straight out of the block in September, I just want to present you, all being well, and we get it launched, I just want to present you with a few things. I'm like, this is tasty whiskey. Open it up, go. And, and another follow-up to this, how do you differentiate the independent bottles from what you're going to be releasing as your own spirit? Is, is it going to have a completely different brand name? Is Obviously, you've thought about that a lot. You're in marketing. You know how yeah. this works, but I just wondered yeah, how, no, how that we've, was going to be. We've, def we've definitely got a plan. Um, I don't want to speak too freely about it because we haven't announced it yet. Um, it will be bottled under a different brand name, but it will be the relationship with Dunfail is inherent. You know, when you look at the sort of the labeling and what it is and why, the relationship for Dunfail is inherent, least of all, because we have to say on the, on, on the back of it um, where it's bottled and it will be bottled at Dunfail. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it, we don't want to cause confusion. So effectively, we're going to have... Dunfail whiskey made at Dunfail, and then we're going to have this independently bottled whiskey bottled at Dunfail. You know, it's not made there, it's just bottled there. So this is a very good question because um, we absolutely don't want people 
thinking, what the hell are we doing? How can we, we've only just opened, or we haven't even opened, where's where's this coming from? Uh, yeah, I don't think there's going to be any confusion. It's going to have its own, its own brand identity. You're listening to Whiskey and Things. These British people talk funny. So obviously you weren't there at the creation of, of the Bimba Distillery, but you're, you're here for the creation of this. And you said it's been Correct. done learning the lessons of Bimba. But having spoke to, to Darius and those that were around for the creation, is it much harder to open a distillery in Scotland and with the rules of Scotch than it is elsewhere? And have that caused you a lot of headaches? That's an excellent question. And I'm going to say yes, for the <laughs> reasons that you've just said. Yes, but also for other reasons. Dunfail is, London is expensive and it, you know, you're limited where you can go, but Dunfail is bigger. Um, so whereas Bimba is 50,000 litres a year, roughly one cask a day, if you want to put it like that, Dunfail is 200,000 litres a year, four casks a day. So it's simply a bigger facility. Therefore, there's more to do. Um, you know, when you open a distillery in London um, and you use what was a car chop shop, <laughs> electrics are there. Water yeah. is there. There's a, there's a sink and a bathroom. When you build a distillery in a field, what have you got? <laughs> Nothing. So in that yeah. sense, yeah, it's harder. Um, are the rules of Scotch harder? Um, yes, in some ways, but equally English whiskey. Um, the producers who are making it, the ones you've heard of, are they're not doing anything willy-nilly. Um, they are following um, the EU laws, um, which are still enshrined into the UK law, and virtually all of them are, are, are by and large identical to Scotch in terms of uh, must be an oak, um, three years aging, size of cast, size of stills. Um, what I would say to that is watch this space. There's an announcement coming tomorrow um, around the formation of a new body um, representing English distilleries. Um, and what they want to do together and how they want to really um, add some proper rules, some actual real rules for English whiskey that aren't drawing from existing legislature legislation mm. where, you know, that would apply no matter how. We actually want to define English whiskey. Um, but yeah, back to your original question, is it harder? Yes. Um, it's also harder because you're in an area with uh, the highest concentration of distilleries in the world. So you need to be doing something different. Um, just opening up a distillery and people say, what are you doing? Space-eyed whiskey. Um, well, I think people are very well served by a lot of excellent distilleries in Space-eyed. Um, we have no business going up there and trying to copy or imitate anyone. Um, the spirit being made up there is excellent. What we're trying to do is to take our techniques, really old traditional methods, floor molting, and make something that is new and that isn't available up there. Um, yeah, so all these things are, are an absolute challenge. And then there's the challenge of scale. Um, and then there's going to be the challenge for me because I, I'm not allowed to move up to Scotland. Uh, my wife said that years ago, despite <laughs> me telling her it's wonderful and beautiful. So I'm, I, you know, I've got to work. I've got to work between two distilleries now. So yeah, every, everything is a challenge. Um, and if it wasn't, it wouldn't be fun. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk a bit more about your part-time job. Uh, Bimba. Um, today <laughs> yeah. on the show, we're tasting the uh, Bimba Club number two, which came out a while ago. We're looking forward to that. But um, you've announced a new release today. Is that correct? Or today, a few days ago, as people are listening to this. But yeah, tell people about that. Yeah. Please. So we've been very slow this year. And there's a reason for that. Um, and a lot of distilleries are in the same situation that there is a global glass shortage. Um, wow. 
logistical supply chains, the impact of COVID. Don't forget vaccines are delivered in glass. Glass has been a disaster. So, um, yeah, effectively, in terms of we've done a couple of distillery exclusives, but in terms of the sort of first proper release of the year, here we are, middle of May, and and here it is. Um, it is what it is. Um, that being said, uh, we're pretty much set now. The glass is coming, thank God. Um, so we've got releases planned for the rest of the year. A lot more bimbering going on. Um, this morning's announcement is for the next batch of the Spirit of the Underground collection. So four new releases, four new stations. And pretty excitingly, we've got three new cast types that we haven't shown outside the distillery at all. We've got a Masala cask, mm. um, we've got an Amontillado cask, and then we've got a Moscato sherry cask. So they're all cask finishes, so there's a little bit of a sub-theme there. But yeah, three of them, um, no one outside the distillery has tried yet. And yeah, that's going to be on ballot uh, all week until Thursday. Um, we run a weighted ballot for these, so... We do like to reward our members, which I know you guys are. So if you enter those <laughs> ballots, you've got a you got a little bit more chance than you know your cousin Joe down the street who's never even heard of Bimba. What was that second yeah. one? El Montelato was that cask? El Montelado. So what's that? Uh, that's a style of biological sherry. If you've heard of Fino sherry, um, it's somewhat similar to that. Effectively, sherries fall into this spectrum. On one side, you've got biological sherries. They're aged under what's called a fleur, a layer of yeast. And then on the other side, you've got oxidative sherries. That would be things like uh, Moscatel, particularly Pedro Jimenez, where they age in the presence of oxygen. Um, at that end, they're really rich and sweet. And at the other end, they can be quite nutty and quite saline. So they're very different styles. And, and yeah, Amontillado is is down the other end, sort of quite close to Fino and Manzanilla and things like that. Interesting. Nice. So, yeah, this, this ballot uh, thing is, 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 is something you trialled last year. How, how, does it work? Is it good? Is everyone happy with that? I mean, it's, it's, it's got to be a great problem that you guys have got, that when you release a whiskey, your demand is so high for it, right? It's a, it's a wonderful problem to have. It is, yeah, it's exactly that. Uh, it's exactly that, Dave. It's a wonderful problem but it is a problem. Um, it's much better than the other side, releasing something and then it's just no tumbleweed. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've written about this ad nauseum, but my general view on whiskey allocation of any method is the only method that any individual will say is the one that works for them is the one where they end up getting a bottle. You know, you see, if they get a bottle, that <laughs> method was great. If they don't, that <laughs> method was the worst. Um, it's certainly, in my opinion, a lot better than the first release. Uh, we had no idea um, how, how ridiculous it was going to be. Uh, everyone went completely mental for them, and it was carnage. We just think that a ballot is the fairest method. Um, not the best, the fairest. And we think that the, a weighted ballot is the ultimate fairest message because then we reward people who have membership, um, who are genuinely interested in what we do, uh, who don't mind receiving all my emails all the time, who follow us and yeah there, there is no perfect solution um particularly when you come to a distillery like bimba where demand far outstrips supply um but not just us for any distillery the amount of people getting into whiskey you know the world has changed when i when i got into whiskey um yeah social media didn't exist we had the internet but i had to go down the computer lab on campus to log on and it was yeah. unix uh, and, and it was difficult and it wasn't an amazing space. Social media and the development that's completely changed uh, the whiskey environment. Uh, and it's not going back. There's, there's not going to be a point when suddenly there's, 
you know, 50% less whiskey fans. It's growing. There's more interest. You, you guys as, you know, relative new explorers will have experienced that. Um, mm. And that just means that there's increasing pressure to get bottles and increasing FOMO. Um, and it just is how it is. So yeah, my view, my view on allocations and ballots are distilleries can only make them as fair as possible and they should endeavor to do that. Equally, customers need to recognize the intricacies of the market in that there is no perfect method and some you win, some you lose, and you've, you've just got to try your best. But at the end of the day, um, you've got to let it go uh, and you certainly shouldn't be railing on distilleries because you didn't get a bottle. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you've posted about that before, about about you getting I, abuse over it, which is about yeah, well, rightly so, rightly so. One one mm. thing that that I mean, the, the thing about the ballots, which is great, but also surprises me, is surely the, the supply and demand side of my brain, the, the bit that studied economics, just says put the price up, and then that will weed people out. But I like the fact that so you've not said, well, our demand is so high, we can sell these bottles for £500 a bottle uh, and we'll sell what's let there and we'll make that much profit. Instead, you've gone, we're going to keep this at what we think it's worth, but have this system. And I, I'm so amazed that that's the approach you've done because there's the side of me, the, the, the capitalist side that's been ingrained in me and it just says, you're doing this all wrong. But I love the fact that you've not gone down that route and priced everyone out the market. Yep. But so, what's yeah, the thought I mean, process one, behind that? Yeah, so the thought process behind that is, is twofold. Number one, we are um, all whiskey lovers. Um, and so, yeah, you could just boil it down and, and look at it on paper and say, look, we know we can sell this. We can see it being traded for 400 to 700 pounds online on the secondary market. We'll plumb for the middle. We'll, we'll sell them for 550 each. They'll all sell. No worries. Thank you very much. Nice bottom line. We're whiskey lovers. We don't believe that. Um, yeah. We believe our, our whiskey has a certain value, and that value is based on the time and effort we put in, which is a lot. Um, it's also based on how much the government takes, which is a lot. <laughs> At the same time, we are a young distillery and we want to grow. We are still looking to, to move. Um, that's been somewhat put on hold because uh, despite Darius's best intentions of building a distillery and relocating Bimber at the same time, I think he's now concluded that that, <laughs> even for him, is a bit too much. Um, but, but nevertheless, once he's happy up there and it's very much on track and we're down to you know painting walls and making it all look lovely... His attention will come back to Bimba. We do need to grow. We're, we're at the, even outside of the bottle supply, in the distillery, we're at, we're at the outer confines of being able to work within that space. Once we grow, there'll be more whiskey. Um, and we want people to be interested in our whiskey. We want to try it. If we put bottles out there at 500 pounds, six, whatever, something like that, there'll be loads and loads of people who, even if they're seasoned veterans, and particularly if they're new, We'll just say, well, I, I'm not doing that. I, I can't do that. I'm going to find something else to enjoy. It is a very short-sighted uh, business decision to take the quick win money at the expense of a long-term audience and fan base. And yeah. if there's anything you've seen from my Bimba marketing, um, it's that we are very, we're very into community and you know being part of something together and all sharing. We, we fundamentally believe that. You can't do that if you are um, taking your customers for as much money as you can. It, 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 a, it doesn't work, and B, it doesn't fit with the ethos. So, yeah, you're not going to see us do that. That's not to say that we won't raise prices at any point. You know, the economy is looking grim. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're certainly not looking at um, secondary values and going, well, we should charge that. It's, it's yeah. but for business reasons and for emotive reasons. Yeah. Um, so one, one final question from me, uh, and, and I guess that this, this is kind of a, a natural follow-on from that, is obviously the demand for Bimber is huge. So I've noticed that there's a new range. Well, it's not that new, but I, I like that you've done this, this Apogee range where it's not Bimber Spirit. It's, it's this in, it's similar to what you're talking about doing with Dunfell, right? Having a, a bottling process from Bimber, uh, but source whiskies from other distilleries, correct? Yeah, effectively. Um I mean, that's an interesting one because I've been watching some reviews and commentary on that. And despite thinking that I've been really, really transparent on the label, uh, people are saying they don't understand it. They don't know what we're doing. Is it Bimba? Well, there's no Bimba logo on it. And, I, and, and it does say, you know, a blend of Highland and Speyside whiskies, aged 12 years, and then finished in Bimba casks. And it's as simple as that. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people are getting a little bit confused by it because... You don't see too much whiskey taken from somewhere, move something else, thus becoming a different thing. But yeah, when you look at how it's described and on the label, it really is as simple as that. Um, it's done for two reasons. Um, it is, it has been done because we do need to grow and we need revenue. We do. Um, as a small distillery, we haven't got enough whiskey. You guys want more. Um, it's painful that we get people coming and saying, wow, I really like what you're doing. I went on your website and there's nothing. I can join the club. I joined the club. What can I do now? Nothing. Um, so it has been done to sate that need. It has been done to help Bimba grow. I'll say at that point, none of the monies from Apogee are or can go to Dunfail. It's a separate company. We're not allowed right. to just pump money around. That is, that's called laundering. Um, so, so this is not funding our Scottish development. It's a completely separate thing. Equally, it has been done to show off some blending skill, to show some of the things mm. that we probably are going to be doing at Dunfell, bringing together different elements and creating something new. And in doing so, creating a product that, in my view, has a very different profile to Bimba in that it is more accessible. Um, we were at a show, London Whiskey Weekender. We took Apogee along. People were like, what's this? Is it Bimba? No, no. It's not Bimba, but try it. There is, a, there is some influence of Bimba there. The fruits and spice we've added on top, but we're bottling it at 46.3. Uh, the point 0.3, people said, you're copying Distel. Well, kind of, but the point 0.3 is the variance in ABV that's possible depending on where you take it around in the world. Point 0.3 is the maximum variance in ABV. Bottle, bottling ABVs will change if you take that bottle around the world. So yeah. that's the answer to that one. Um, but yeah, there were some people at the show. You know, I find your whiskies that they're they're just they're just too concentrated. They're just too strong for me. And that was things like the ex-bourbon batch, which actually, in the grand scheme, of Bimber is one of our lowest ABVs. Um, and so, so for those guys, they actually found that they really like the Apogee. They just like something that's a little bit lighter, particularly as the sun comes in, a little bit refreshing. So yeah, it's a response to having some product that's available all the time. It's a response to showing off some blending. We're really proud of it. We think it tastes good. And it's something that we think we can introduce new audiences to. In the same way, Dave, as we started talking right at the very beginning, trying to get people into whiskey, um, I think this is easier to get into than, than Bimba's big, concentrated, juicy fruit and spice profile. Um, so it ticks a lot of boxes. Um, but yeah, I love it when people sort of start reading a label and then think, oh, what's behind this evil machination? Nothing really. Just read the label. Um, if in doubt, ask. Um, yeah. yeah. 
I love that. Well, we've covered a hell of a lot here, Matt, and uh, I've really enjoyed it. This has been super interesting. So thank you for giving us your time. Yeah, thank uh, you. And, no and uh, we wish you all the best with all of these entrepreneur uh, entrepreneurships or enterprises that you have, was the word I was looking for. That's uh, a great word, entrepreneurship. Yeah, well, I was looking for enterprises and a different thing came out and it happens sometimes, doesn't it? Hey, all words are made up. It's fine. <laughs> Good point. Good yeah. point. Um but yeah, this has been great. So thank you very much for joining us once again. Hopefully uh, we'll have a we'll have a dram together again soon. Cheers, fellas. Now it'd be really great to see you either at a show or at Bimba, particularly at Dunfell when we're open. So no, oh, thank absolutely. you for inviting me on. Love chatting to you guys. So uh, have a great rest of your day. You too. You too. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. You're listening to Whiskey and Things with Nick Kent and Dave Giles. Well, mate, I don't know about you. I found that absolutely fascinating. It was. He's got his he's got his head in so many different places. It was interesting when he talked about having only so much whiskey headspace, but his head must be all over the place. So mm. much going on. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> so yeah, I'm trying to think. Like I I have trouble just doing this every week, you know. And he's uh, <laughs> yeah, he's doing, got all those balls juggling in the air. That's a term, right? <laughs> plate plate spinning on the poles. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. All that. those things. <laughs> but yeah, that was good. And we're going to be tasting a bimba today, just to finish yes, off the show. Yes, yes, um, we are. Yep, to finish it off. Some of you well, may know a uh, few. When, when did this one come out? It was a while ago, wasn't hang, it? Anyway, this on, is hang, the. Hang on a moment, mate. Hang on a moment. Uh, Hold on, on a minute, what? mate. Hold on. Just what have a I second. forgotten? What have I forgotten here? This, this week's, week's whiskey. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, good point. It's my catchphrase, mate. You can't can't do me out of a catchphrase. I didn't do you out of it. I was just talking. You definitely did. You definitely did me out of it. Anyway, Bimba Single Malt London Whiskey Club Edition, it's with a K, number two, finished in Vino de Naranja casks. I think that's Spanish. Um, it's a Spanish orange wine. That's what Hang Naranja on. is, or Vino de Naranja. So yeah. Nick and I are both club members, so we both bought a bowl. Yes. We opened one. We did. And I shared half of it with Nick. And Nick has a lovely, beautiful, unopened bottle there to sit alongside with our club bottle one, which we did the same thing for. Yes. So uh, we get, what is it called? Is it a linear set? Is that what, is, or is it? Oh, is that a vertical? Is it a vertical? vertical? It's a vertical. That's it. It'll be a vertical. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, these are racking up on the secondary market. We're going to make a mint. <laughs> We're going to make a mint on these at some point. Excellent. Excellent. How many? How many do we try and keep before we uh, before we decide what we're going to do? All, All of them. them. What's okay, the point, mate? Well, mate we can't enough take whis- it with us, can we? We can't take it with us, and there's enough whiskey in the world to drink, and we're still drinking it. You know, we're trying no. it today. But that's that's my yeah. But my point is, at what point, point, point do we say we're either going to sell it or drink it? Oh, do we wait for? Do we wait until we've got ten club bottles? Do we wait until we've got twenty? Because we can't take it with us. We can't either take the money or... It's got to be retirement age, mate. (sighs) I'm a musician. (laughs) We don't have retirement (laughs) age. Well, it's got to be a nice round number, isn't it? At least 10. Yeah. If we can get to 10, I think that'd be all right, wouldn't it? For your 50th birthday, we could either crack them all open and have a big sesh. Yeah. Or if if the secondary market's still good... in all of it. We could... (laughs) Oh my god! Mix it all with coke, mate. No, no, mate. Mate, put all ten bottles into a big punch bowl. <laughs> no, what we'll do, we'll we'll have a big party with like a bunch of whiskey enthusiasts, and we'll just serve them these like like whiskey and cokes, and then afterwards we'll tell them that it was this bimba that has been like years and years old, and they'll all be mortified, and it'll be fantastically funny. What do you reckon? <laughs> 
by the way. It, it'll be a hoot. It will be a hoot. It'll be uh, a hoot. <laughs> right. All right, anyway, shall we? Let's, uh, yes. Uh, let's have a little bit about this. London, you know, it's from London. Um, there's no age saving on it. Strength 50.2 ABV. That's good for uh, five to three on a Monday afternoon. 100% malted barley. Um, they released 2,100 bottles of this. Um, for their Bimba Club members. I'm not sure. I'm sure they all went. Um, what have we got here? Chill filtered, no. Colouring, no. And uh, yeah, so here we go. Let's have a little bit of a, a smell. This is, yeah, single malt and um, finished in, yes, as I said, the orange wine casks. Remind, remind me how much we, let's just get this out now. How much did we pay for this? It was about I think, 75 quid, was it? I, I think it was 75 minus the 10% club discount. Which paid for postage, so. Pretty much, yeah. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. Basically. It's um, now a lot right, more. Cool. Um, we do pride ourselves on this show talking about <laughs> whiskies that you can't buy, everyone. Oh, absolutely. That's always been our unique selling point. Um, you can buy this. It will cost you a lot of money, though, on the secondary market. But you can't. I don't think you can buy it from Bimber anymore. How much it. is it on the secondary market? This one now, is, I found one for about 200 quid. <laughs> and the club number one, which we also have a bottle of, is between 250 and 325 from what I saw just Googling randomly today, just like once. Wow. Well, I they found. made less of them as well, so that kind of makes sense. Mm. That's, That's a good point, yeah. yeah. There were less bottles. Um, all right, okay. Shall we uh, have a taste? Or yeah. a nose in? This is really actually quite subtle on the nose. It's a lovely smell on the nose, and actually it's probably... One of my favourite smelling whiskies we've ever had. Now, you haven't heard me say, oh my, but when I first opened it and poured it, I did say it, but I've been sitting with this for a while now. I definitely oh my'd it. Did you? But it's not that strong, but it's a really nice smell. It is. It is. This would possibly be the best best whiskey candle I've ever had. Here we go. Here we go. Do you not agree? It's there's so much No, it's a beautiful, it. yeah, I'm just saying the whiskey candles come out again. It's got like a sherbet-y thing going on. I Orange can see that. sherbet. Orange sherbet. Can you go buy me or- an orange sherbet? <laughs> Here's your orange sherbet, Mr. Powers. <laughs> That's beautiful. It's such a beautiful Dangerous smell. Dangerous my middle name. Yeah. So I, I, I'm a big fan of that smell. But it's yeah, not actually... Yeah, you're picking actually, up that citrus though, I am. Yeah, it, 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 but it's not actually blowing your head off. No, it's, it's not, not. You actually have to get your nose in there. Get your nose yeah. in, shut your mouth, you know, get, make your eyes water. Absolutely right. Uh, in the words of Matt, I'm going to get my chops around this. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. That is so, so good. Oh, mate. That's really good. That is really good. Hmm. Yeah. You couldn't know it's 50 either. All flavour again with that high yes, ABV. absolutely. I've already checked one box. Do I want to pour some more? Yes. But, uh, only because I, I didn't actually pour myself much. Do you know what's uh, interesting is it's not that orangey. No. It's not it's that not much for me. There's kind there. of like a... You know when you smell your hands after, or you know that the oiliness of a of a peel. That's what it's kind of reminding me. Of oh that. yeah, you know oh, what I mean. Yeah, it's more Absolutely. of an orange oil, which is different than like uh, the flesh of the fruit, as it were. Yeah, absolutely. In texture as well, it's quite an oily texture with some very yeah. enjoying. It's coating the mouth. That's mouthfeel. Mouthfeel. Yeah, there's definitely a, a fruitiness to it, and, and a tropical fruit vibe to it. Mm-hmm. You know, like tr- uh, tropical squash. When you get a tropical squash. Oh yeah, it's definitely. Uh, best of uh, three worlds, wasn't it? Was it orange, lemon, and pineapple? Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm definitely getting those kind of vibes off this. It's very, very tasty and very drinkable. Yes, which yes, is what you is. want, right? Well, yeah, you don't not want that. Um, absolutely. Bottle, everyone. 
It's a right. It, we all know. Well, if you don't know, yeah, it's failed the uh, Nick Kent shelf test. It's incredibly <laughs> tall. <laughs> Tallest bottle right, I've yeah. ever owned. It even has, I've had to create Bimba World in the corner of my bar with uh, like, same, yeah, everything's down there because it doesn't Bimba fit on the shelf. Yeah, and Love it's too that. tall for me. This is too tall to put on the top shelf. I'm sorry. Yeah. No this wonder there's a glass heavy. shortage. Yeah, I know, right? Look at the bottom of that. But um, yeah, it's a nice, I'm guessing it's a cork. I haven't opened it. But um, yeah, yes, it I'm is. sure it's all very nice. Comes in a nice Hang matching on, tube. A- oh, nice. These were rushed out, everyone. Do you remember? And no one got their bottle number. Do you remember that, Dave? Your yeah, membership number. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, oh, went, no, I'm not went, complaining about it, but yeah. I'm just saying um, they're rushed out a bit. But I only say that because there's, on mine, definitely there's and a- mine. Yeah, there's a, a mistake on the back of the tube where they've forgotten to um, replace Pedro Jimenez's sherry butt with, uh, you know, the orange cask vibe. So- um, just a little heads up. I'm sure the people at Bimba know that, but I've noticed because I do all this kind of thing all the time when I'm trying, having things printed, you know, double checking things, so triple all, checking all the, things. All the information is correct other than it says Pedro Jimenez Sherry Bar rather yeah. than Vino de Narancia Cast, but actually what it then says underneath is correct. Is, is correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's just, just a little t- thing. The title, yeah, yeah a tiny, tiny little thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. A little bit frustrating. But easy to do when you when you're operating on these levels, and I yeah. actually would say Nick, like, this was probably the biggest run of bottlings they've done, the biggest amount they've done. Most of their other releases are a lot less bottles than this. Yeah, you, well, the, the one I've got here, the Retard Oak, that was five thousand bottles. Oh right, I'm I'm talking out of my ass. Right. I've got the information uh, to hand, Dave. It's fine. Oh, I'm I'm very very glad you do. So on here it says uh, we should have notes of coffee, toffee. Plump Sultanas and Zesty Orange. I haven't got much of any of that, to be honest, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. Sultanas. Yeah. Um, sultanas are definitely on the nose, perhaps, in there. Toffee. Yeah. Well, there was a sweetness to there's it. A de- oh, there's there's a a definitely, actually, now I'm smelling it again. There's definitely a toffee there. <laughs> definitely yeah. on the nose. It's just pleasant, isn't it? It's just it's really pleasant. good drink. It's a really like, good it, drink. And it tastes like Bimba. That's the thing. It's not like it's dramatically changed the... Uh, Absolutely. You know, the spirit or whatever. Absolutely. So if you want to know how, I mean, obviously we've just spoken in detail about other Bimba releases that go out to general public are weighted releases or sorry, are um, not weighted releases. Weighted ballots. Ballots, with which has a weight if you're a club member or you're a founder member. Um, whereas this, anyone who is a club member, which you can buy on their website, will have access to a bottle. So at least once a year, you have access to a bottle of Bimba, which I think is great. I think you're it's great. Yeah, the price of a of a Bimba Club membership is thirty three pound fifty currently, uh, and that not only includes getting making sure you get offered a bottle of whiskey every year, uh, you also get a little welcome pack which includes uh, oh. a couple of a couple of little glasses, a couple of Bimba glasses. Which oh, I didn't lovely. use a glass today, though. I didn't use um, a glass. Even did I? Uh, but I did use it yesterday for another thing. Uh, there's some exclusive member events every now and then, which is nice. Some tastings for some of their other releases, which is you can sign up for. Uh, and tasting panels, uh, you get uh, your own newsletter uh, and a discount in the, in the store on other things they've got going on, and uh, a free annual tour, which is always good to have as well. So, and it's a great little place. And as they move, you're going to want to want to see their new place as well. So that's all cool. Um, so actually, for thirty three pound fifty for a, a distillery where everything's selling out as soon as it goes out, or you have to enter a ballot for, it's really good value to join the club. Is that plus VAT? I think it might be. 
You may have to add that to that. You're right. Yeah. I'm not sure. But, you know, but still good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that might go up to about 40 quid then, mm. um, which is fine. Even that, still still great value for, for what you get. And uh, within that welcome pack, we also got some new make and a little sample as, as well. I think we did, didn't we? Yes, we did. So, yes. There you go. Tell you what, I've um, just added some uh, water to this. and Oh, yeah. Yeah, much more manageable. And it's really nice. I'm liking it with water. As more well. manageable? I didn't think yeah. it was unmanageable. But well, it's just it. a bit more of an easy drinker. It's still 50 odd percent, which can be uh, a bit much for some people. It's very nice with water added. It's really nice. It does open it up. Mm. Some other lovely, lovely little notes there coming through, mm. which is great. Nick, I just want to, before we move on and before we do scoring, I just want to bring up a couple of things. If you go on a bimba, bimba store and you go on a shop thing, you can buy a bottle of the Apogee whiskey that um, we, we spoke about in the interview. It's 50 quid, probably oh, not including other things, maybe postage, maybe VAT, I'm not sure but it, it's 50 quid. Um, so if you want to buy another bottle of uh, something blended by the team, finished in bimba casks, the Apogee whiskey is available there, as well as well, some of their gin is also available on the site. So all of that stuff is there if you want to go and go looking for it. Uh, also on the Dumbfound website, again, before we score, there's a currently an, an option to become a founder member of, of the Dumbfound distillery. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's not cheap. Founding memberships of distilleries never are. It's about, I think, 650 quid is what I saw. But right. It includes a variety of perks and first bottlings and all that kind of stuff. And if you're that way inclined and you've got that kind of money, it's a great thing. There's only going to be, I think, I think there's only 750 of these packages on offer. Um, so it's a, it's going to, it's a really exclusive group um, mm. to be part of. Ooh, if you yeah. want to be some in something from the ground up, I just wanted to branch out all that now while we're talking about prices. It doesn't happen very often, does it? New distillery. No, it doesn't happen very often. So if you got that, might be a good present for someone coming. You know, maybe twenty first or thirtieth or something. You know, just get get them this and get one for yourself as well. So I think it includes it. five bottles of whiskey within that price. Oh, oh wow! Okay, great. For, yeah. From a brand new distillery, which will include the very first bottle and so on and so forth. So yeah. uh, and various other exclusives and guaranteed bottles in future so on and so forth do you know what mm-hmm. i mean it's it's yeah. i i don't think it's that much money for a founder member of, of a thing but it's a lot of money to say out loud yeah do you know what i mean <laughs> yes 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 absolutely right. yes um anyway should we do a bit of scoring on this nick yeah let's do that hmm would i buy this as a gift tough one I mean, I wouldn't because you can only get one bottle of it and I want it for myself. Well, that's what I that, thought. That's, a, that's <laughs> why I haven't answered it. <laughs> and then you'd have to pay like the secondary market to get it. You're listening to Whiskey and Things with Nick Kent and Dave Giles. All right. Okay, well, um, I could right, score right, a 70, right. mate. 70. 70, which, you know, a very good score. Very good score. Ties it with the Sonoma Cherrywood Rye and the Samuel Gelston's Single Pot Steel Irish Whiskey in Bourbon Casks, which I think are great whiskies as well. So I think we've done really well there. Well, Bimba have. Bimba have done really well there. Well, we, we have because we got to taste it, mate. We did, didn't we? We got to experience this bottle, and I think yes. that's why I say that. So I, I'm now already excited about Bimba Club 3. Um, I'm actually I'm so tempted to get one of the Apogee bottles but right now i need to not be spending money on whiskey so i'm not going to do it but i really want to know what that is like i want to experience that yeah yeah i'm gonna look more into that that's good um, as well no i like i like the idea it's a really good idea i think it's a great idea isn't it you mm. know 
they're, they're doing something different. They're taking whiskey they like and finishing it in bimber casks, putting it out under a different brand. Amazing. What yeah. a great idea. And it's similar. It reminds me of what East London Liquor Company are doing in terms of the blends, you know, the, the collaboration blend, right? Mm-hmm. Not yeah, that yeah, this yeah. is what that is, but it reminds me of a, it's a similar kind of entrepreneurship. <laughs> <laughs> to use that word again, that I made up in the interview, which now you have to put in, otherwise that joke doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah I can't cut that out. Now, can <laughs> you I? can't cut that out. Yeah, so do your job there, mate. You don't have to edit a bit. Yeah. Talking of, have we done with that? We done with that? So I think so. A- yeah. 70. Cool. Good score. Well, 70. On the, it's on the board. Uh, amazing. So yeah, that's, that's the weird link. Because I just you just reminded me of something with the East London Liquor Company. Any other business, Dave? Yeah, I do actually. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> right. They're now doing, or East London Liquor Company are now doing a refill scheme. Did you see this on their Instagram? No. Go yeah, on. This is cool. Basically, take you can a take back. you can take any bottle to them, and they will fill it with their rum, vodka, or gin. So they have it in like these in plastic containers behind the bar. And you can just use your own bottle and then they, they whack a sticker on the front to say that it's got their their product in it. And what's in it? Yeah, and what's in it and you take it away. So that's saving however much glass? Or he's recycling your own glass, basically. Yeah, if you know you're going down there. And I'm, I'm imagining they're also doing that from their market stall or maybe they've got a similar thing from the market in, in Borough Market. Uh, yes, come to our shops in Bow at the distillery or the Borough Market. Yeah, there All you, you got to do is take a clean 70CL spirits bottle and they've got gin, vodka and rum, as I said. So yeah, that's great, isn't it? That is amazing. That is amazing. Because when we went to the Cotswolds distillery, they had a uh, fill your own bottle up. I'm, I'm not sure if you had to buy the mm. bottle from them or you could take... I wonder if, if for that you could have taken your... Well, they just give you a bottle, your, don't they? But, uh, but I wonder if you turned up with your own 70CL bottle, they'd be happy with that as well. Possibly. No reason why not. Don't Unless they're they're particular about the, the shape of bottle that's I doubt it. But um I don't know. But there we go. It's it's happening, everyone. This kind of thing mm. is happening. It's beginning to happen more and more. Which is really good. So well done, East London Liquor Co. And we've just spoke about three different well, a few different English whiskies there. And mm. we obviously, as we're recording this, have no idea what the announcement is that oh, Matt yeah. talked about in the which for uh, us is tomorrow. For you, if you're listening on Wednesday, is it's the day yesterday. after. It's so, yesterday, Nick, yeah. if, if we've seen a news release, a press release from it, if we've seen an article go out, we will obviously put a link to it in the show notes. If not, go and look it up yourself. By the sounds of it, all these all these English distilleries are going to be probably be, be putting stuff out on their social medias about mm. it. And maybe we'll talk about it next week. Yes. Uh, but uh, might do a booze round. Might do a booze or, round. Or a cheeky little booze round. Might bring back the booze round again. Cheek, a cheeky little booze round. Cheeky. Yes. <laughs> anyway, you've had enough of us for this week. Yeah, I've had my Ladies share, Ladies and gentlemen. I've definitely had my share. Oh, I've had mine. So I didn't realise that right. was the end. <laughs> I was having a bit of a stretch. Right. Um, yeah. Um, cheers, cheers, everyone. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming. coming. Thanks, man. Whiskey and Things has been brought to you by... And Things Productions.